The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. Joining me today is Jerry Karaya, the number 18778-SILVER, the website guildhallwealth.com. And we want to talk about proven wealth, what makes people save their wealth, what helps them increase it. And true to the name, The Real Money Show, we want to talk about real assets. Because you know, Jerry, watching this last week, which was, wow, what a crazy week for all markets. There was there was crashes and anxiety and reprieve and just a, a boatload of emotions. And we got to keep it real. We got to talk about what's real and what's fake so that people can be successful going forward. Um, Because, you know, I'm just even looking at the stock market and thinking, what are people thinking? It's gone up for a decade plus. Right now, for example, the Dow is down year to date, year over year. It's still up over the last two years. Are we going to get back to 35,000 points? Well, not not with the uh, the reasons for why we are here. I mean, the reasons how we got here was a lot of cheap. Well, I'm talking about the Dow and the S and P was a lot of cheap money being sloshed around. A lot of low interest rates. Uh, confidence was uh, sort of on a high. Everything has reversed. <coughs> now we're getting into tightening. Now we're getting into rate hikes. Um, it's lost that momentum. It seems so. Um, I mean, just yesterday we were the S and P. Uh, fell, I think it was just two basis points short of uh, an official bear market, Jeremy. So we were just on the brink of a recession. Yeah, and we'll, we're going to talk recessions, interest rates, um, and again, trying to ascertain the difference between what's real and what's not. And, you know, one of the things uh, we'll talk about is, uh, well, amongst other things, we're going to get into financial freedom, what that looks like, what it takes to get there. But one of the, the questions we've obviously been been fielding a lot this week is the price of gold and silver have come down as well. Not as much anxiety in the market as you would have expected. We've seen lots of these smashes, taking silver out behind the woodshed kind of moments in precious metals over the years. I mean, I've been doing this for 15 years, and I've seen lots of these smashes, I think almost all all of them have been followed by major rallies of sorts. Um, You had 2008, silver went from 21 down to eight, it then went up to 48. In March of 2020, I'm just talking about the big, big ones. In March of 2020, you had silver taken from 18 down to 12. And then with by August, it was trading up at $31 an ounce. We seem to be at a major bottom in the market. We've had some double double bottoms over the course of this week in the $21 level. And where the market kind of landed this morning as we taped the show on Friday, Jerry, silver went into the $20 range where there's no stops. There's very little stops in the market. Now, in the past, when when uh, my experiences with financing is usually once those stops get triggered, the market then kind of waterfalls down and then bang, it turns around because the shorts, the the stops have been 
been triggered and that's it there's nothing else to trigger and so the market quickly recovers mm -hmm. so right. what do you what do you make of the fact that um a some of the th some of your thoughts on the recent pullback in silver and also your thoughts on how gold's been been holding up uh, as for silver talking about silver being the, uh, the more volatile of the two on the downside um as of Tuesday, um, actually as of today, we are on the day 18 of, of its uh, consecutive day pullbacks, which is rather long if you think about it. But yes, we've seen these types of pullbacks in silver. And it's a basic, and it is a 18 day streak that what's we, what we normally see as a trend. So all we could really do is take trends and see what has happened in the history, looking at charts and trying to correlate it with what's going on in reality with the markets. We know that when you have markets breaking down, uh, talking about the stock markets, um, a lot of the liquidations in, in, in gold and silver have to actually do with pay, uh, paying, uh, paying up margin calls on the shares. With bond, bond yields starting to plummet and infl inflation literally on fire, of course, you know, uh, you know, there's only one good asset that they are selling. They're selling their gold, and so we saw another tanking of the in, in the crypto space. But a lot of margin calls have to be paid up. But then we're going to see a reversal now. It's been uh, an 18-day trend for silver. If you do see a consecutive, uh, a few days of consecutive pullbacks, um, I'm anticipating a rebound in silver. You're touching on a, one of the you know, we're talking about illusion versus reality. And you're talking, you're touching on the fact that what's being sold is paper. What's been sold over the last 18 days in silver has been pure paper. There's been, I think, one sell order here at Guildhall for physical gold. And that was it. One sell order, everything else is buys. So we know that the physical market is holding on to their to their gold and silver. If you look at the ETFs, strangely, they didn't have any sells until two days ago when the market in paper, like I'm talking mining stocks and whatnot, started to recover. So it's interesting that the market seems to have bottomed and now all of a sudden there's some additional selling in ETFs, which had no selling for the past 18 days up until that point. Mm -hmm. And the other interesting thing about the silver market specifically is as the price is going down, open interest is rising mm -hmm. on the paper, meaning somebody is stepping in, entities are stepping in to strongly buy the dip because that's what happens when open interest is rising. So you've got a closing out of the short positions in silver so that these major entities don't get caught on the wrong side of history when silver starts running. And you've got new buyers coming in saying, I love this price, mm -hmm. licking their lips, getting very excited, not barely any selling out of the ETF, no physical selling. So what do we have? There's definitely some mixed signals mm -hmm. between, well, why is the price falling with the stock market? Mm -hmm. Exactly. That is just the, uh, the, the illusory, the, 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 the paper price and the electronic price of, of silver and gold. And it's very important to understand as well when you have options expiry, as we're seeing in, in, in this month in May, uh, you're going to see some shenanigans going on with the exchanges and the futures. Uh, but what is very important to know is as you know, a lot of investors are looking at price, what I keep my attention on is the deliveries, is the um, metal 
leaving the exchanges at a rapid pace. The and? demand for delivery is through the roof. Okay. Not just from the institutions, but you're seeing countries now ensuring, making sure that they have enough gold and silver uh, to to live off of, to even uh, you know pivot their economies the right way forward, as as we've seen Russia do recently. Uh, but so there's a, a large move for the physical, getting deliveries of these of these metals now, uh, especially when you see inflation. The inflationary prints came out this week. CPI surged, <laughs> PPI surged. Um, this is this is not the time to play around with the paper markets. And you know these institutions and countries know this. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. Everything we have at Guildhall, we deal with physical precious metals. We do not deal in paper. And having the physical metal is what allows you to really flow through the volatility in the market that can arise. You know, gold has obviously really hung in there, at least up till now, we're still trading over the $1,800 mark, which was a, a level we were trying to get above, um, looking back as in March, and we got above it slammed up to 1950 and then you know we're still hanging into the 1800 but silver's dropped and so the ratio has widened significantly mm -hmm. which is always a great indicator of being able to buy something very cheap you look at the the silver to gold ratio and you say okay if we're into the mid 80s on it that's always going to be a very good indicator of cheap pricing as well when you talk about rock Okay, I'm looking at as an example the you know seeing the stock market fall. I'm starting to look at the PE ratios, right? Mm -hmm. They're still sky high. Yeah, they're still absolutely nosebleed levels. You're talking like some are like 50 plus. You know, I looked at Salesforce because we use Salesforce here. It's crazy. I think it's over 100 on the <laughs> PE ratio. Oh my goodness! Like it's a company that's never going to make the money that's being that's being promised. Mm -hmm. um, but silver, on the other hand, we're at the level of we're at the price of production. That's exactly it. What did the price of production of silver go down recently because oil prices <laughs> dropped fifty percent? Absolutely not. No, oil prices went up, so the cost of doing everything is going up, mm -hmm. right? So we're at the cost of production on silver. I think we've seen a double bottom, sort of a marginal triple bottom in silver. I think this is about to get very exciting for the silver market. We've got about a minute left before this segment. What do you think about the prospects of silver going forward from this moment? Absolutely. The prospect of silver going up, Jeremy, I think we are seeing something very exciting. I've been studying some chart this week, and this one in particular is uh, is the first chart with an almost 100% track record of success, which is the commitment of traders report on the COMEX, and it shows the positions of big traders. Every time non-commercials, which are spec managed money, are this least long, and then the big commercials, which are the big bullion banks on the other side, are least short, we see the price shoot up. And as this reversal inevitably happens, just like the silver to gold ratio. So this, we're seeing the least long and the least shorts in this market. So it's a very tight squeeze. And when that reverses, we normally see, as I go back about three years, we're seeing about a $200 shoot up in gold. So that will push gold back up to around the 2100 mark uh, through the all-time high. And where, where silver goes on that <coughs> hand, we just do a, a mean revision reversion on the silver to gold ratio that can push uh, silver to basically $40 levels. And this is a lagging indicator. When did this chart come out? Is uh, this from last week? 
This was, uh, yes, this was a chart from last week, but it goes back three years on the futures uh, COTs. So it's right. a very interesting chart. So I think we're going to see when the, when the new COT report comes out this week that it's probably going to be even, even a better looking picture. So it's looking very, very good. We're going to talk about, in the next segment, we're going to talk about the Fed trying to chase inflation, how long these pullbacks in the stock market are going to go, given it's an election year, and, you know, Fed talking transitory. How good are their narratives holding up these days? Are they holding up as good as gold? The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show on AM640. Stick with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. In the last segment, we talked about looking at the pullback in gold and silver, gold holding in pretty strong so far. Uh, silver getting uh, a bigger pullback in the market. Physical holders are not selling. The paper market, this is all a paper sham. This is, uh, if we were talking about a liquidity crisis, Jerry, the physical holders want their liquidity in gold and silver, but when it comes to the stocks, maybe not as much. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about the Fed. The Fed is starting to raise interest rates just as inflation started to really rear its ugly head. We had a year of transitory inflation, a year of the real money show saying that was BS, a year of us saying there is no way inflation is transitory. Called it. And even last week on the show, we pointed out the fact that the Fed likes to call inflation an, uh, an economic phenomenon of uh, the economy's burning hot and things are going great, so that's what causes inflation. We are of a, a different school saying that inflation is uh, money printing. <laughs> that's all that's, it comes down to. That's right. You have more money chasing fewer goods, and now with the supply chain breakdown, there's even less goods to go around. So now the Fed is trying to catch up to what they call headline inflation at 7%, where interest rates are still south of 3%. How do they fight 7%, which is illusionary? Real inflation is probably closer to 15. How do you fight 15? Let's split the difference. 12% inflation if your interest rates are at less than 4%. Mm -hmm. How? You can't. It's, uh, this is complete stagflation, and we know that gold loves this type of market when negative real interest rates are negative. Um, gold will thrive and gold will um, react to the top side as this continues, Jeremy. Inflation is rampant. We saw this week the, the numbers did come out. Firstly, with uh, CPI data that came out at 8.5%, uh, extremely hot. Um, although we know the figures are skewed to the downside because they're not including the, the basket of goods that they once used. Uh, but then a couple days later, we had the producer's price index, which is, you know, out the door. Manufacturers, what what are they experiencing? Well, super hot. It came, it surged to an all-time high of 11.3%, uh, up another half a percent in just one month. Um, and this is, ultimately, this is the way we have to understand is that if, when prices are going up 8.3% and input costs for these goods are up 11% at 
That either means prices go up more or the companies producing them have reduced margins. Their bottom line, they're not growing. It's similar to the mines, as you mentioned in the previous segment. If the mines are not making, if the, if the silver price is just um, below, the cost, below the cost of production, they're going to shut down the Wait, mines. Above the cost of production. Or just above. Yeah. So margin, as we know, margin equals earnings. And earnings in a normal world are how shares are valued. As you mentioned, price to earnings, all-time highs, extremely high, and this is not sustainable. Um, inflation is out. Is, but here's is, the problem. It's not sustainable at a time where pulling the liquidity out of the market right. is going to destroy them. So they, they are so hooked on to the monetary methadone that any, any slight pulling away of the, of the punch bowl of the money and the cheap money is is death to them it's mm -hmm. death to the economy it's death to those companies the fed is is enacting a policy at the exact wrong time and it's the it, it's the worst policy for the market mm -hmm. whether or not you agree i mean listen the powell is is unable to fight this inflation impossible i know they say you can't fight the fed but the fed can't fight right now at all so here's here's where that leaves us we know that in 2018 they tried this story before they tried to raise rates it failed they started to reverse course and then you know COVID came along and they could print as much money as they wanted because it was a crisis we can do what we want now they don't have that now it's the economy that they're trying to bail out they're going to reverse course. Now it's just a question of what narrative they use, mm -hmm. what excuse they use to what, to what they're going to do when they start reversing course. Now, here's, let's, let's look, look to the future. Let's put our future glasses on <laughs> and see what this, how this plays out. Yeah. What do you think it's going to look like when the Fed finally says, well, we can't really chase it? Uh, you know, I've got a quote here. I'll give you an example. Powell said recently, whether we can execute a soft landing or not, it may actually depend on factors that we can't control. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's taking one nice step backwards, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. you're backpedaling on on your ability to control things. Yeah. What's going on? Your car can't work anymore? Exactly. Well, there's factors outside my control. Okay, but you're still driving the economy car, aren't you? Exactly. So they're going to walk it back. What's going to happen next when they start walking it back? Well, we talked about this before, you know, Jeremy, before they start to hike rates, we mentioned that what exactly what would happen a 50 the last time they raised interest rates this aggressively was back in the year 2000. They hiked interest rates 50 basis points. What happened to the share market? It tanked. They popped the dot com bubble. They're doing it again. He's not ruling out a 75 basis point hike because he actually spoke a couple days ago with Marketplace Radio. And he was uh, he was questioned if things come in, uh, you know, he, he was basically asked uh, because after he raised interest rates, he ruled off off the table 75 basis points. But he was asked by an interview, are you prepared to do more than a 50 basis point hike, maybe 75 basis points? And he said, what you've seen is you've seen this committee adapt to the inc incoming data and the evolving outlook. And that's what we'll continue to do with a 50 basis point hike led to the uh, the dot-com bubble crash back in the year 2000 they're, do, they're doing it again and they're headbutting wall street right now they're head they're they're headbutting all of the uh the msnbc um these these pundits who want them to reverse course they have to address inflation 
But the fact is that they're going against the share markets. He's going to have to pivot. He did not rule out a 75 basis point hike this week. He pivoted on that one. And, and the likelihood, all likelihood. He didn't? I thought he did pivot. I thought he said he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it right after the FOMC rate hike. But then yesterday or two days ago, he had an interview and he basically said, we're not going to rule it off the table. Oh, okay. So, so he's trying to talk a big game. Talk a big game, but this is just going to lead to further turmoil in the stock markets. Oh, wait a second. So, I mean, he he said in the meeting that he, um, he said that, they, one thing. that they would take it off the table. The market loved it, went up. It did then, go up. Then he said it's not off the table and the market tanked. And then, yeah, exactly. But, off, you know behind the scenes he's saying you know we we can still use this if we have to raise interest rates higher look there's only one way to quell inflation and that is to raise interest rates but you're going to do it at the expense of the stock market and that is the reason why they're going to he's going to reverse course and they're going to start the printing presses up and they're going to hyperinflate this currency into oblivion and those who are holding this paper need to be aware of the implications with this type of policy Gold is a bet against Fed credibility. That's what it is. You know, say what you will about gold with inflation. It's not, it's, it's negatively correlated to the U.S. dollar and the U.S. dollar is going up. Well, we just look to what happened. Well, with- that's a good point. The U.S. dollar has been rising surprisingly. I don't know if it's uh, the best street on the worst block, but it's been rising lately for whatever reason. It's definitely, I don't, there's a lot of resistance of where it is now. It's a, yeah, but exactly. it can come down too. And that's what exactly happened. I mean, the correlation between interest rate hikes in the U.S. dollar. Yes, at first the U.S. dollar will go up, and this has been the case since the 2000s. The dollar correlation to the Fed funds actually broke down in the mid 2000s. So it's not always the case when you see a rate hike, you're going to see U.S. dollars strengthening. And this is where I'm seeing t- today, if you back up on the charts 20 years, the U.S. dollar index is at a 20-year high. So, you know, can this continue? 20-year high on the mound of a complete Ponzi scheme of just paper money being just thrown at the markets. And then when they try to take it away from the markets, there's a complete tantrum. Exactly. And that's this is a fiat currency versus the one currency that is actually appreciating uh, over is actually... Um, outperforming the U.S. dollar by 15%, and that currency is the Russian ruble, actually stronger in the last two months versus the USD. Why? Simple pivot to gold. When you peg the currency to gold, you immediately bring back stability. You bring back trust between the trade your trading partners. This is how you do it. You, you, you quell the concerns. You bring back trust to the system. Russia was actually able to cut interest rates, Jeremy. And that's what we need to do. You're cutting interest rates at the right time. And you're raising rates at the right time. Not with the Federal Reserve here in the West, where you're raising rates at the worst possible time, as you mentioned. And and again, I do think that they're going to come up with a new narrative as to why they can reverse. Um, there was... There was a post on Gold Telegraph this week saying the Bank of Canada signaled today that the trajectory of interest rate hikes will depend heavily on how the housing market responds. This is what being trapped looks like. So again, they've raised interest rates a modicum, and now they're worried about the housing market already. I mean, we knew this. Mm -hmm. We knew what was going to happen. And so we know that they don't have the bullets to – they're – look – Jerome Powell is no Paul Volcker. He can't raise interest rates. We've always said it for, for 20 years. <laughs> you know, we've been open since 2002. 
the economy can't handle double interest, double digit interest rates. It destroys the economy flat out. Once you start to do that and you can't and you start reversing and go back to your old ways of just print, 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 monetary methadone, QE to infinity, the dollar's toast. Mm -hmm. It's over at that point. If, if sanctions against Russia tells Russia we have to get away from the dollar, it's telling other countries they have to get away from the dollar. Who wants to be next on the U.S. hit list of we're going to sanction you? Of course, it, it's, there's been blowback from that. It's boomeranged right back in their face. There's multiple European countries now that are buying energy and commodities from Russia mm -hmm. in rubles. Yeah. So who got hurt in this? Not no. Russia. No, life went on. Economically, life went on. So it can reverse so quickly. But I believe that when this changes, gold is going to go through the roof very quickly. And you're not going to be able to get any. No. That's, that's how it's going to work. You're, yeah. You're just, it's done. The price will go sky high. This is your window of opportunity to be buying on a major dip, understanding that the price in the metals right now is pure paper. It's a physical market, not an equities market. No. So when they push the paper price down, you got to go get more physical at this point. And that's what we're seeing. Yeah. As Octavio Costa of Crescat Capital tweeted this week, if you don't, if you didn't buy silver after one of the, of, after one of the most short-term oversold levels in history, you will probably never buy something deeply undervalued in your lifetime. And this is where the wealthy get rich. This is how they build their wealth. They take advantage of the fundamentals. It's not always about charts, but charts. But when charts do uh, correlate and they make sense with what your gut is telling you and what history has shown us in the past, this is how you build wealth. You build wealth with real money, real hard assets in your portfolio at all times, and you capitalize on the silver market. And we're going to talk about how to get to the what the seven levels of financial freedom are in the next segment and how that works into taking advantage of these opportunities. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Physical precious metals. If you can't hold it, you don't own it. This is The Real Money Show on AM640. We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. If you want to own some physical precious metals in your portfolio, give us a call. We'll show you how to do it. You can buy it direct. That's a great way to start. Start small. Get some physical precious metals in your hand. Then you can move into something like an RSP or a TFSA where the product is physically held in a, in a vault, secured vault, armored vault, outside the banking system, fully insured allocated to you, segregated from all other holdings, you retain direct ownership of your physical gold and silver in the market. Amazing. What a great loophole in registered accounts. Uh, take advantage of it today. Give us a call. We'll show you how to do it. And then we also offer the vault storage as well if you're at a level where you don't feel comfortable having some that physical metal at home or in a safety deposit box, and you're looking to secure your wealth, having a depository uh, vault allocated segregated account is a great way to go. Ease of liquidity. You know your product's secure. And we're going to talk about where we see the prices headed. Jerry, 
Last segment, we talked about Fed's, the Fed's folly. Uh, we've seen it before. They said last year inflation was transitory. Boy, did they get that wrong. I remember when they said uh, the housing market uh, subprime would not create any contagion. They were, they were so good on, on uh, the subprime crisis. No, they're always getting it wrong. They're always behind. I like what Greg Hunter always says. It's too stupid to be stupid. You start, <laughs> yeah. you start conspiracy theorizing what is going on, what is their purpose. Right. You know, um, I just saw as well, before we kind of jump into other things, there, there's been something like t- over 25 pro- food processing plants in the States that have gone up in flames in the last couple months. Mm-hmm. You're seeing you're seeing baby formula um, issues in the states. Although someone did find a workaround, they just said go onto Amazon, switch to Canada, buy there it from Canada, and have it shipped to you. Yeah, I saw that. Um, but they're giving they're giving it to um, to undocumented immigrants. That's who they're giving the the baby formula to. Mm-hmm. And you just go. This administration is doing absolutely everything they can to, to make you, you hate them. <laughs> That's right. And like, what is stopping people from hating them? Who, mm-hmm. who can't wake up and say, I hate you? What <laughs> are you doing? No. You know, what they're creating. It seems everything they're doing is complete opposite. So, you know. Almost orchestrated. Guns, that, gold, sure. and a getaway plan, right? right. It Bunkers, all, it beans, down. and bullets. What's That's that? Right. Bunkers, beans, and bullets, Jeremy. Yeah, you got to take care of yourself. And part of taking care of yourself is understanding the seven levels of financial freedom. You got to kind of understand where you are so that you know where you're going. So I thought let's let's pull out the the seven levels, kind of review them for for our listeners, and then we can kind of get back into the metals market. So number one, and I'll get your opinion as we go. Uh, number one is clarity. You figure out where you are financially and where you want to go. I mm-hmm. think that's a good one, yeah. especially for young younger people starting out. The next is self-sufficiency, number two. You've moved out of mom, uh, out of mom and dad's, and you can cover your own expenses. Mm-hmm. That's actually becoming pretty hard these days given, given inflation. So maybe if you are home at mom and dad's, you kind of say, okay, what's my, let's go back to plan to number plan, one, plan number one, one and say, okay, how am I going to get to a place where I can be self-sufficient in that way? What, what do I need to do? Do I just leave the cash in the bank? right? Is, is this the time to be investing? Remember, if you're living at home with mom and dad, and we're not advisors, no. but if you're living at home with mom and dad, you didn't see 2008. That's right. You, you've That's never experienced point. that. So maybe it's time to listen to some, some uh, blogs, understand the markets, look back, and, back in history, start getting back into 2007 and eight, and see what happened mm-hmm. so that you can know how to go forward. Number three, breathing room. You're saving some money. You're no longer living uh, paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good one. Ideal. What do you do with some extra funds? Mm-hmm. What do you do if you have some breathing room? Hey, you start investing. You start putting it away for your future, putting into assets that uh, that stand the test of time. Number four is stability. You have no bad debt and six months worth of expenses for emergencies. I think uh, I see a lot of our clients in that in that kind of range. Yeah. Um, you know, they're looking to. Just continue to improve, get to the next level, which we'll state in a moment. Stability. You got a mortgage, but you're in control. You're putting some money away. Got some cash on the side. You're starting to look at how to build that wealth to the to the real next level, which is flexibility. You have at least two years of expenses saved. You could take a year off work. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a nice wow. one to be at, right? Flexibility. Yeah. Where you're you're like, yeah, we're we're better than good. Yeah. We were <laughs> talking about that earlier. How expensive everything is getting and how difficult that 
that it would be to get there considering I mean, just doing that ex- exercise. You know, if you do a mortgage calculator and plug in all your expenses and how much you make, you realize <laughs> how little you can afford and how much of a down payment you need. So um, with with that in mind, just inflation is just robbing not only your purchasing power, but it's making life more expensive as we go. Yeah, I feel like as we're reading this, it seems like the current inflation situation and you know, I think we're going to find out that we're in a recession. They haven't they haven't called it yet, but I think we're pretty much there. I feel like many people are are, are backsliding on on this financial freedom chart. I think unfortunately, so. right? Yeah, we're seeing that actually this week. Consumer confidence came out in the U.S. Uh, extremely low levels. Um, further to that, uh, labor market jobless claims at three month three month highs. So growing our way out of this issue and growing our way into economic freedom is becoming more and more difficult. If your confidence is shot and you're, you're, you're not entering the labor force uh, or if your people are getting multiple jobs, I actually dissected the unemployment figures of non-farms. Um, wages are not moving up, but, you know, people are moving to get, you know, two, potentially three jobs just to make, uh, make things uh, work for them. So it's interesting times and challenging times to, at that. It's even challenging times if you're number six on the list, financially independent. You can live off income of your that your investments generate. I mean, if you're a landlord, I, I don't know going forward if inflation keeps up like this, your tenants are going to say, no, i got to pay for my food. I'm not going to pay, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's restaurants downtown that are not paying their full rent anymore. And what's the landlord going to do? Kick them out? Are they going to get a new tenant? I know. So living off of your living off of the interest might not be so easy these days no you know and if you're if you're living off dividends and the stock market's in the (laughs) tanked is is that still a comfortable place Mm -hmm. um finally number seven is abundant wealth money isn't a concern you have more than you'll ever need that is that is the goal that is the goal from by owning physical precious metals if you have gold for instance jim rickards who's written five best selling books on the topic of of gold money how it all works the economy he's done his calculations he has revised his his calculations from if we were to go back to even a quasi gold standard gold would have to go up to $15,000 an ounce us to get there now imagine what the 30 to 1, 15 to 1 ratio on silver to gold would be in those levels. Take out your calculator, start looking at what $25,000 of gold is going to get you if it's trading at $15,000. We're going to be moving mightily fast to abundant wealth. That's right. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. This is The Real Money Show on AM640, and we'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. If you can't hold it, you don't own it. That's our motto. You have to get into the physical gold and silver market. In the last segment, we were talking about the different levels of financial freedom. It feels like many of us are sliding back, perhaps, in in the levels of financial freedom. And we understand that owning physical gold, if you can understand the difference between illusion and reality, especially during these gut check times when the price the paper price of gold and silver come down a little bit. You're going to set yourself up for what could be abundant wealth going forward 
if the numbers that we believe gold and silver can go to get unleashed to those levels. So we talked about the Fed. They can't fight inflation. They're going to reverse course. It'll be fun to watch their narrative and what words they use to do it, but they're going to reverse course. They're going to start printing money again. At that point, the dollar's going to be toast. Do you have the physical assets? These debts don't matter until they matter. Let's talk about what we're seeing on, on the charts, Jerry, that show us where this market's projected to head to. Yeah, I'm going to jump over really quick back to the, the we have the most epic cup of hand, epic charts of all. It's the epic cup and handle technical formation in both metals. And what they do is they portend very major, huge price breakouts that are to come. And what we have to look at, this is a 20-year chart that scans back. And this is a cup and handle that indicates a very bullish move on the top side. Back in 2008, we had gold trading around $800. And just before the uh, the, the spike up in 08 to QE1, uh, we had a mini, a very ant-sized cup and handle, Jeremy. And that cup and handle lasted two years. And this cup and handle led to a 230% move in, in gold. Gold hit hit from $800 per ounce up to 19 plus really, really quickly. And since then, we have formulated another massive cup and handle chart. So therefore, if we are at the tail end of this cup and handle chart that has been accumulating and building this huge cup and handle for over 10 to 15 years versus the two-year cup and handle that led to 230%, this gold market is going to be headed through the roof. Uh, where it can go, minimum 4000 up to fifteen, potentially 15000 per ounce. Where is this going to go for silver? Silver could be, end up in the thousands as well. This is a very strong <clears throat> setup in the gold and the silver markets, considering we have a squeeze happening right now in the physical space. We have to remember, Exer's Pyramid and Protecting Your Wealth. At the top of the, with, are the most risky assets, and that risky asset is derivatives, any paper-based. And we have one of the largest ratios of derivatives versus physical markets in the world with physical silver being one to 400 for every paper certificates. And for with paper certificates at every certificate that's been sold, there's not enough physical to back it up. Well, that's the that's the paper markets. That's right. They they're, they're trying to get out of those paper positions because there's no physical gold and silver to back up these naked shorts in the market. It's been an ongoing saga for a decade plus, but it seems that every year less and less major entities want to be in that game. I think we're down to like two. I think Bank of America, JP Morgan's out. They don't want to be involved in that. You had the LME, they're looking to close their doors on paper trading altogether. And countries continue to buy physical gold to start diverting away from having to hold US dollars. And if Russia's already accepting rubles and countries are already like, well, we don't really need the US dollar. If if uh, Venezuela wants to sell us gold and Bitcoin, we'll buy Bitcoin. Yeah. Like, well, you know, they don't care anymore. No. So how do you get that trust back in the US dollar once it starts to tank? Obviously, you could do it very quickly with gold. Mm -hmm. So if gold went to $15,000 an ounce and we were to get the classic revision to 16 to 1 uh, silver to gold, that's $937 an ounce for silver. Now, if you bought 1,000 ounces of silver for 35000 Canadian, let's say, you're going to turn $35,000 into $937,000. Now, what if, what if it only gets to 30 to 1? 
that's still 468. That's still turning $35,000 into 468,000. Mm -hmm. What if it's only half that? It's still 234,000, like 200. What amazes me about $234, okay, which is compared to where gold could go, that's basically saying if gold went to $6,000 an ounce or $4,000 an ounce and we get a 16 to 1 ratio, mm -hmm. which is not unheard of in this world. I mean, silver's used in everything electronic and everything digital. That's right. Uh, the demand is through the roof, and we just keep creating new technologies. There's no reason why it can't go there. And no. if you think about the idea of what is 250 bucks, mm -hmm. I can't even I can't even get groceries for 250 dollars. Yeah. Come on, exactly. You can't. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Case Biden's point, and you know when we have countries that are trying to take delivery. And we saw a paper out of Bloomberg last year about the LME warning what the LME was doing. They were, you know, trying to address the short positions and trying to deter people and institutions from taking delivery of the metals. That was happening a year ago. Well, fast forward to today, we're having hyperinflation in commodity prices. Of course, these producers want to take delivery of their physical now. And that is the problem. And when you sanction Russia, London can't get their silver from Russia. So they have to pivot to New York. So there's even more demand. And this is what we're going to see. The rush towards the tangible assets, physical silver, will make these paper certificates, which has, have tempered the price rises, like ETFs and certificates, they explode along with the price of silver. Own silver in the physical form today. That's the only way to build wealth. And then going back to the seven no, levels. You, uh, sorry, sorry, before you go, yeah. the, it's so true because what's going to happen is people are going to realize mm. uh, I've been investing in these ETFs or certificates because I just wanted exposure to the market. They have a they have a better inkling of gold and silver than the average person. Let's say they're the ones who are going to say I got to pivot away from the paper into the real thing. Mm -hmm. They're going to be the first tranche of people that decide. I can't hold the certificate. I got to get the physical now. Right. Imagine when all of that excess gold and silver diverted funds start coming back to the physical market. Forget the rest of the market, Try to get the it. broad markets. We're just talking about a small sect of people who have only been looking at exposing themselves to the gold and silver. That's right. If you're just looking for it. But people today, they have, they're on step number one. A lot of these people are at step number one of financial freedom, clarity. They know where they want to go. They want to buy a house. They want to be able to own a home. Or if they already own a home, they want to pass on generational wealth. They want to be able to pass on wealth for their children's children. And this is really what it's about. Buying a house, owning something that you cannot, you can't see yourself getting into a house. But you know what? With physical silver, you can. This is one avenue of doing this. A thousand ounces is around for forty thousand dollars Canadian, thirty-five thousand. Thirty-five. Get yourself two thousand ounces. Get yourself equipped for this massive, epic bull run. You don't want to miss it. This is for not only yourself but your children's children. Well, that does it for another edition of the Real Money oh, Show, man. Jerry. It went by so fast. Yeah, we got on such a roll. I can't wait to speak to everyone next week and thank everyone for joining us here. Enjoy the sunshine. Enjoy the weather. Golden Can't skull. wait for the silver lining when this market <laughs> takes off. It's going to be so exciting. So give us a call, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. These debts don't matter until they absolutely matter. Be ahead of the curve. Be safe. Take care of your family. And we can't wait to speak to you next week here on The Real Money Show on AM640. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto.